Welcome back to our next episode on Here by the Owl podcast. And today we are going to discuss games in the classroom. Sorry, we don't have any guests for today. It's just just me and Brianna. So maybe stop, stop listening now if that doesn't interest you. <laughs> but um, no, gamification is a passion of Brianna's and I love all her cool ideas and have gleaned a lot of um, cool resources from her and I think everybody can too. So there's so many possibilities and we're excited to kind of share some of those with you today. Yeah, so like Nikki said, I love gamification and I love using games in the classroom. Um, And I think I shared on one of our other episodes, but kind of the way that my mind thinks is when I play a game um, with my family or I see it at the store, I immediately start thinking about how I can incorporate that into my classroom. Um, So I'm going to share some of my favorite games that I use in my classroom. Um, The first one is Pit. And if you haven't played Pit before, um, it's a pretty fun game where you kind of have to trade different commodities. They're on cards. You trade these commodity cards back and forth until you fill out your entire hand with whatever one you're looking for. So it might be wheat, corn, Uh, soybeans, you know, all these different commodities written on those cards, and you have to trade them back and forth by saying like one, one, or two, however many um, you're wanting to trade. And it can get kind of crazy. It is so fun. It is, it is a blast. And I played it the first time with Brianna and her family, and kids are going to love this. So if you've never played Pit, or maybe you've played Pit and you've never thought of using it in your classroom, We'll, in our resources, we'll put the link on Amazon to the game. Buy it. If not, buy it for yourself and play it with your friends and family. But I think it's really cool. Um, And I think, Brianna, you could modify Pit to be commodities that are popular in your state. It just so happens Pit is pretty generic. And all of the commodities are things that, you know, North Dakota has. But why why not change them if you you know wanted to right yeah you could definitely make your own cards out of it but um i just think it's kind of fun to teach about like trading and um the different commodities and how that process kind of used to look i know it's a little bit different now but um just kind of a fun way to get your students um engaged as well and it's not i mean it's not this huge engaging topic so what a cool way to make it a little more engaging and to get them thinking about what trading can look like uh, and it is it is super fun and really competitive. Um, so definitely if um, you're interested in PIT, um, we'll put that link in our resources for you to go check that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Nikki, maybe we'll just go back and forth. Nikki has some cool um, games that you can play online with your students. I know a lot of people going back to school um, have, have gone to the virtual um, environment for the fall. So why don't you share one of your virtual ideas? Yeah, and these were things that I just found and modified. So, you know, definitely um, take it for what it is and use it your own. Uh, The first one I'll talk about is the Hey Alexa. I actually got that from Jimmy Fallon. So if you watch Jimmy Fallon, there's a lot of cool things that 
he does on the show that could easily be modified into games in your classroom. So what I did is I brought in my Alexa to school and I just, I just printed off random words. Um, some examples uh, were Amazon, football, um, GameCube, like just all these things. And I just made the list. TikTok was one of them because right now I love TikTok, Pokemon, like it could be anything. So you make the list and the goal is for the kid to ask a question and get Alexa to say the word that they were given. So for ex so what I did is um, I just drew and then showed the kid their words. So if it was Brianna and I playing, I would draw for her. You could also make a wheel. So there's a lot of digital wheels out there. Um, so you could easily make a digital wheel. So when you click it and spin, then the words spin on screen so the kid can see. Um, so if I picked out Pokemon for Brianna, she would have to try to ask a question to Alexa that gets Alexa to say Pokemon. Um, and they only get one chance. I mean, you can modify it how you want to, but um, it worked over the computer. Like if I held my Alexa up and if they spoke clearly, um, she could recognize them talking. And so they would just say, hey, Alexa, what popular game allows you to catch animals in a ball? And her answer has to use the word Pokemon. If not, then it can go to another team. Uh, and you just take points. Super fun. You could also modify this and make it ag-related. So maybe all your words uh, are specific to what you're learning right now. So maybe it is commodities. Maybe it's animals. Um, maybe it's shop equipment. So get creative and, and modify that to, to your needs. My kids really liked it. It was really hard to play. I thought some of them would be really easy, but... Um, yeah, it got them thinking, uh, obviously, but uh, yeah, so Hey Alexa, super simple. Uh, if you have, if you don't have an Alexa and you have, what is it, Google, what's Google's version? Home, uh, Google, I don't know. Google, Google has a version, I don't know. Google Assistant. Yeah, I mean, whatever they are. Uh, you could easily do them with, with different technology as well. Uh, you and, know, the people listening to it right now are like yelling at us because they know right. That or, right, or right now if they have us playing, this podcast playing on their speakers, their Alexa is going <laughs> crazy. So um, you're welcome, everybody. So yeah, that's Hey Alexa. Um, so another one of my favorite ones, I guess, to play in the classroom um, is WordBinder. And you can buy this for, I think it's exactly $50 off of one less thing. And it's part of a student's SAE. So that's kind of fun to support. Um, that student as well, but it's basically set up like taboo. So it's set into three different categories and they're color coded. So you know which one you're playing with. You can either use plants, animals, or FFA slash leadership. And your students come up and they're in teams is how I do it. And they're trying to get their team members to guess the word at the top without using any of the words on the card. And they try to do as many as they can. I think it's in 60 seconds. Um, but that's just another fun way to, um, kind of review some vocab words and teach vocab and uh, my students have really enjoyed it. I've used it with both my freshmen and my sophomores and they really think it's fun and it's pretty competitive too. You probably could use that game online as well in the virtual classroom by maybe having 
you know, you email or you send each of the kids the cards that they get to use. And then you also are looking at that card, making sure they're not saying the, the words. And then you try to have them, you know, teamed up and having them have their teammates guess it. It would be a little bit harder in the, in the virtual classroom, but I think you could probably modify it for that environment as well. Awesome. Uh, another one that we did that was super fun was a scavenger hunt. So it's exactly what it sounds. Uh, but I, I made a list ahead of time. And so the kids didn't know what was on that list. And at the start of class, I told them the rules. I told them that their devices could not move with them. So their computers or if they were on a phone or a tablet had to stay in the room that they uh, were in. So I couldn't like see the screen bobbling around. Um, but once I dropped the list in the chat, they had to run and find as many items on the list as possible in the time frame that I gave them. So items were like a left shoe, a pencil, um, what else, a hanger, I'm trying to think, a towel, toothbrush, just, I mean, it was literally just a random list. I tried to think of things that they would have at their home. Uh, some were a little harder. I think I had avocado on there. So, I mean, you, you create the list, you decide how much time they get. And uh, they then had to show them to me on screen. If you have a really big class, that could be hard. So maybe you have them snap a picture. It's really just for fun. Uh, that would also make a really awesome FFA activity. So if you're virtual and you're thinking, if you're trying to think of ways um, to engage your students at a distance uh, at your meetings, a scavenger hunt could be one of them. Maybe you modify that and the scavenger hunt is related to ag uh, items. So maybe you're discussing how much ag has an impact on you. And so maybe you're asking them to go find certain things and then you're going to relate all those items to agriculture. Um, could be a cool way uh, to modify that. Well, and I think too, depending on the area that you're in, um, maybe your students have to go outside and they have to find different leaf arrangements. Maybe you're talking about, you know, a pinnate or a palmate sure. and they have to find those. Maybe you give them a little bit more time, but they still have to come back and show those. Yeah. Um, would be another way or different types of plants or whatever. Right. Wildlife, in, like insects, I mean, yeah, definitely. And you, and you could give them more time and maybe that's their assignment for the day is to go have the scavenger hunt and they have to take photos. Uh, really the possibilities are endless uh, for a scavenger hunt. And you'd be surprised your kids, uh, your kids like that more than they'll lead on. Um, and I know that there is a, I'm not going to be able to think of it right now. Oh yeah. Goose chase. Goose chase is an app. I have yet to try it. I have heard people use it. So if you're a Goose Chase user and you have some really cool ways to implement that, uh, reach out to us, please. Um, we would love to talk to you. But Goose Chase is a, a virtual way to do a scavenger hunt. You can assign points to different things. Um, so look into that if you're looking for something um, that's more digital for a scavenger hunt. Another one of my favorite games to use in the classroom, and I use it when I'm teaching about egg sales is called snake oil. Um, you can get snake oil off of Amazon. We'll link it as well. But essentially it's kind of like apples to apples. So you flip over a character card and then you flip over two other like item cards 
And whatever student you flip those for, they have to try to sell that product to the character. So for example, the character card might be a caveman and they're trying to sell a beard brush because you have one card that says beard, another one that says brush and you combine those together and they have to sell that product to a caveman. So it really gets students kind of thinking about what are the features and benefits? How do you sell that to the given customer? And then obviously it's interchangeable because the more times you play it, you're getting a new character card, you're getting new item cards every time. And I do think you can obviously make your own cards if you don't want to buy it off of Amazon, but I like that it was already made for me. My sophomores really enjoyed playing that. And I think that one really lends itself well to the online learning environment as well, because if you're in one big room with your students, you can do the cards for them and then, okay, Nikki, it's your turn. You have to um, sell this product. And then, um, then you go to the next student and they have to sell it and so forth. And then you kind of vote which one has the best sales pitch. You, you can modify that however you see fit. Yeah, I love that one. I'm hoping to try that this year. Uh, Brianna's kids like were raving about it last year. So uh, snake oil is definitely a good one. And if you live in close proximity with an ag friend, uh, maybe each of you buy different games and then you swap when you need these. So um, don't feel like you have to buy them all at once or go to thrift stores, things like that. You'd be surprised what you can find um, for, for cheap um, to use. Uh, okay, my next one is Gim Kit. So if you like Kahoot or Quizlet, this is a form of Gim Kit. I think it's um, superior to any other online game. Um, I do not get paid to talk about Gim Kit, although it will sound like that because I love it so much. Uh, Gim Kit was actually created by a kid in Washington. So he wanted to create a game that was way more fun in the classroom for students just like him. And he created this and now he's running this business. So that story alone, I think is fabulous. But you as the teacher uh, set up questions. So you preload them. Uh, so a great way to use Gim Kit is with FFA knowledge questions. So you set up those questions and they're uh, multiple choice. And when kids come into the room, they need devices. So it works on a computer, iPad or um, cell phone. And they, they go to a website. Uh, it's like gimkit.com forward slash play or something. So they all go to there. It's going to ask them to put their name in. So you're going to put your name in and it'll say, okay, there's 10 kids in the room. Okay. All 10 kids are loaded. Start the game. There's different uh, ways you can play the game. It can be individual. It can be groups. The cool thing about GimKit is every so often they bring back different styles of games like uh, zombies was a game and basically it was, I think it was Cowboys versus Zombies. So it was just two teams in your class and you had to get so many correct. And uh, if you didn't, then your team was losing and the zombies were taking over and it was really fun. Uh, and it gets really competitive. You can do teams. Uh, there's boss mode occasionally. My kids love boss mode. Basically they play against me. And so all the kids in the room are trying to answer questions uh, to be one boss. The boss could be a kid. I always play that it's me because uh, they really like that. But what 
the cool thing about the game is they earn money, fake money. Uh, if they earned real money, let's be honest, I wouldn't still be teaching. I would just be playing game kit, but they earn fake money. And so at the start of the game, every question they get correct, they get a dollar. But if they get it incorrect, they minus a dollar. But as they gain more money, they can power up. So th this is that gamification thing. Kids love this and they know what power ups are uh, because that is a, a term used in a lot of games. And so they can power up. So if they spend a little money, they can make more money. So if they say, well, I want to power up. So now I'm going to make $3 for every question I get correct. But if they get it incorrect, then they're going to lose $3. There's other things where you can ice other teams. So if Brianna's doing really good, I can ice her so she can't answer a question for 60 seconds. There's uh, multipliers. So uh, it's going to multiply your dollar amount if you get so many correct in a row. There's all kinds of different things. The, I think at, on the teacher side, my favorite part about the game is unlike Kahoot, Kahoot is speed. I'm a slow reader. So if I'm playing Kahoot against Brianna, I think she can probably read a million words a minute. I would still be reading the question and she would have already answered it. So in Kahoot, it's not about what they know. It's about how quickly they can get the right answer. So Brianna's always going to beat me in Kahoot because she reads faster than me. I'm sure you can identify your own students that they would do that. In GimKit, though, it isn't about speed. It's about strategy. And it's also about what they know. So yes, Brianna could answer 100 questions in GimKit, and I can answer 75. But if I answered 75 of them, but powered up and used strategy, I can still beat her. So that's really cool in this game because kids really get the chance to still be successful. You can also print off a report once your kids are done playing. I, as a teacher on my side, I can see, I can go through and like, okay, uh, Whitney got, shout out Whitney. Uh, Whitney got, she answered 200 questions in 10 minutes holy buckets, but she, she only got 50 of them correct. So now I can see where do I need to help Whitney out? Where are the struggles? I can look at themes amongst the class. It is so fun. It is so addicting. Uh, there's a free version. There's a paid version. So check that out. I will put the link in our resources. There are things already made. So you can, uh, you can look out there for quizzes that are already made or make your own and you can import from Quizlet uh, so if you already are using Quizlet that's a feature that's really popular your kids will love GimKit uh, I actually helped a teacher in the elementary school here at Center use it uh, and I it was like in third grade and they and they were able to do it so it's fun for all ages uh, it's a blast that would also be a great online uh, online option for online teaching or even a fun activity at an FFA meeting. Your kids, your kids are going to eat it up. My students, I use it in my eighth grade a lot. And it was to the point where I set it to 10 minutes. You can change the time. You can change it so they get to a certain dollar amount in the game ends. I mean, you can really, it's very quick to modify for you as the teacher. And I had it set for 10 minutes and the bell rang for lunch and they didn't like they didn't know the bell had rang and I had to tell them to go to lunch. 
and they were playing it as they were walking out the door and playing it in the lunch line. So it is addicting. They're going to love it. Um, so really look, look that up because it's the game I want to play as a teacher. And I always play with them because they love to beat Miss F and I'm super competitive and there's, there she's graduated now but there's a girl I couldn't beat her it did, did not matter she was so quick I used it for uh, floral ID pictures it did not matter she could have sat there for two minutes and not played and always beat me um and I had an eighth grade boy who bragged for a whole week because he finally beat Miss F so uh, definitely look into GIMKIT G-I-M-K-I-T I would say too my favorite part about GIMKIT is is how engaging it is for students I think a lot of times I find my students that might be lower level, they just immediately like quit after a few rounds of um, like Kahoot because they know they're not going to win. Like yeah. they are older at the bottom. I'm not going to be on the leaderboard, so I'm not even going to try. But with GimKit, you're able to come from behind and still win, which I think is, is pretty cool for students. And like I said, engages them the entire time. Yeah. And I, I just, I love the fact that it could be anybody's game. Kahoot is not that. Your smart, quick kids are always going to win Kahoot because that's what it's about. Um, this is not. And I, I absolutely love that. Give it a try. And I guarantee you, you're going to be hooked. And no, I don't get rights to talking about GimKit, but I should. I don't sell for And at now. this point, Whitney should start sponsoring us too. But. Yeah. GimKit and Whitney Landman, our, our biggest fan, <laughs> going to be podcast sponsors. So my next game that I have to share about is Chronology. So this is a game that I actually got for Christmas and I played with my family. And this is an example of, I thought, how could I modify this for my classroom? So I made it FFA history and you could use any history. You know, if you teach about the history of agriculture or whatever, you could modify this for that as well. But with my FFA history, it's not so important that my students know the exact date that the FFA ban was started. I want them to kind of have an idea of from now uh, or how far along did the FFA bans start or at what point were women allowed to join the FFA? Was it at the beginning? Was it just very recent? Um, and so forth. So with chronology, each student gets one card to start out with and it, it has a date on there and it has what happened on that date. So my card might be in 1929, the North Dakota FFA Association was started. And then I read them a card and I say, okay, women were allowed to join. Do you think that happened before 1929 or after 1929? If they said after 1929, then they get that card. So they're trying to build a timeline of 10 events, but it gets harder as you go because then the next card I would give them, okay, this is when FFA was started. Do you think that happened before 1929, after 1969, because that's when women were allowed, or in between the two? So you can see as you build your timeline of 10 events, it gets more challenging because you have more events that it might be in between. So I have um, an entire document that I'll share in the files of all the FFA um, history dates on cards that you can cut out and I just laminated them so that I can use them. I've had students do this individually. So there might be four 
four students per group and they're around the room and they're playing this game and they all have their own deck. And I've also done it where we play as a, as a big class and it might be a, a team of four. And then if they get it wrong, then the next team gets to steal. So they listen the entire time because they want to steal from the other team. And I've never seen my students more engaged in FFA history than when I started this last year with them. And I do this with my freshman students and they were super competitive. They were making sure they listened because I said, I'm only gonna read this once. So you need to listen to what the date is. And they were starting to figure out when those, those different dates in FFA history happen. Um, FFA history, I love FFA history. Um, I can tell you like the most random dates ever in, in FFA history because I can memorize really easily. But for my students, I think it's more important that they grasp that, you know, it was 40 years into the, I guess more than that, I can't do math here quick, but you know, when, when women were allowed to join was pretty far into um, the FFA history and that African-Americans joined before women and um, all of those different things. And it wasn't until recently that we had our first female African-American president. So all of those different things start to click when, when my students play this game. And I think that's another topic that's so hard to get them engaged. And so when you can find something that does and they can start to make those connections, that's really cool. Cause what's the point? Is it, is it for them to memorize or is it for them to start to create a timeline and learn more importantly when these things happened and why they happened when they did so i really like that about this game and it can easily be modified if you're talking about you know uh inventions during the industrial revolution and how that affected agriculture you know you just modify those cards and create those so um super cool game i love it uh this or that was another uh thing that we did on during distance learning if this isn't anything new, basically you have a list of things, they have to pick one or the other. Examples could be ice cream or brownies. And I would say during distance learning, if you want ice cream, show me a number one. If you want brownies, show me a number two. It's funny that I'm doing this on screen with Brianna, although you can't see me. Um, but, and my kids would just hold up a finger on their screen. You can also give it to them ahead of time and maybe they circle, the items but uh, you can make your own list so maybe you make it more ag related there's a great one um, from perfectly planned if you've purchased uh, the officer training bundle she has a great this or that that's all FFA related if you have it if you've purchased it and you haven't looked through it um, she calls it would you rather that could be a you know a thing would you rather uh, I'll give you one of hers, dance in public or sing in public. So they have to choose. Uh, her list is really cool. So if I suggest purchasing that for so many reasons, I could talk for like 45 minutes on why you should buy her officer bundle. Um, but like the would you rather this or that kids really like that it helps you get to know your kids too. So one that kind of blew my mind was I asked uh, this or that music or podcasts. And I had an eighth grader that was like 100%, I'd rather listen to podcasts. And I was like, really? And he talked about all how he likes these sports podcasts and he really gets into them. So that was something I had no clue about that kid. So that's super fun. Also could be a really great 
uh, FFA activity, maybe they create their, F their this or that um, questions and then they bring those and you play as a, as you, and you play as a chapter. So super simple, display it on screen or you can just shout it out to your kids during distance learning. Um, just yeah. hearing you say that too, I think it's a great, like maybe it's a first week of school activity, but I also think you could take it one step further and do more of a like content specific. Maybe it's, would you rather use the table saw or the miter saw? And then maybe you call on a few of your students and you say, Nikki, why did you pick the table saw over the miter saw? Yeah. And kind of have them justify, or maybe it's um, black Angus versus shorthorn in your, um, you know, your fake operation. Why would you choose Black Angus over Shorthorn? Right, yeah. Um, we did it with ag teachers um, in a virtual setting. And so we asked, you know, we were trying to be comical. So it was like, would you, what would you rather do as your state convention duty? Would you rather be the sound pit crew or be the Memorial Union supervisor? So, you know, if you're presenting to adults, um, you know, make it fun for your egg teachers or whoever you're presenting your audience uh, and make it specific. Um, and pick some fun things maybe that are associated to, with your school too. Uh, super fun. Uh, and the kids like it. And it's simple. I mean, it, there's very little prep time. So if you're looking for like a, a quick activity to do at the start of class, it also allows if you're doing distance learning for some kids that are stragglers who for some reason aren't up at noon yet um, to get on while you're still playing that game. But Well, or maybe it's a quick check-in too. Like how many yeah. of my students, they might have their cameras off, how many of them are actually here? Right. And then when they have to type it in there or hold up a finger or whatever they're doing, you know that like, oh, Nikki hasn't shown up to class even though it says she's here. Yeah. And, and Brianna it. mentioned that if kids don't have a camera, they can just type it in the chat. So I just had them type one or two. Um, and then I would, in between questions, put like a dash or a star so that I just knew where the new question was happening. Um, it helped me as a teacher uh, divide because sometimes I'd ask like, oh, hey, Brianna, I, you know, you chose eating a worm over a bug. Like why? You know, whatever, whatever you can come up with. Kids love it. Cool. I like that one too. So my last one I'm going to share today, and I'm sure a lot of people are already using this, but just a quick reminder. Um, using Monopoly or the game of life for record book keeping. Um, so I have my students play Monopoly typically, but you can do, I've seen it done with life as well. And I have them record every single interaction that they have. So income would be any time that a player landed on their space and they had to pay them, or maybe they pass go and they collect $200. And then an expense would be any time they buy a, buy a property or buy a house or a hotel or pay one of their, their peers. And I have them just record it on a sheet of paper. Um, I have like a Excel spreadsheet basically that they put it in there. And then the next day they have to load it all into the AET. So it teaches them how to put some basic functions into the AET. In North Dakota, we all get the AET access for free. So we utilize it a lot. Um, but I think you could still have your students do the concept of record book keeping and writing down all those things and maybe just have them put it in an Excel spreadsheet, sorry. Um, if you don't have access to the AT. I also, there are, I know you could use this for virtual learning as well. There are a lot of online Monopoly games. So maybe it's, 
you have your students play this Monopoly game on their own, or maybe they can play with their family at home if they have access to the game. And then they do the same concept. My students, when I bring it out, they think it's the greatest thing ever that they get to play Monopoly in class. And you kind of get to trick them into learning, I guess, as, as they get to play that game. So yeah, pretty basic and easy. I've gotten a lot of the Monopoly games at rummage sales or thrift, uh, thrift stores or else um, I've had students bring in their own games too from home. A good time to purchase these games too is like right after Thanksgiving, uh, like during Black Friday, um, you can get some really good uh, deals on, on games, especially like the classic games like Monopoly and Life. There's usually a, a decent sale on those. Uh, and honestly, if you have a newsletter or a Facebook page, put it out to your community that you're looking for old games because I, even if some don't have all the pieces, I'll keep the board and I'll collect the money. You never know when you're going to need uh, extra Monopoly money uh, for something. So um, put it out to your community members. You'd be surprised how many basically new games you would probably get. So yeah, that's a good point. And also like maybe just saying games in general, and I would challenge you to take those games or on black Friday or at the dollar store, find a game and figure out how you can use it in your classroom. I'm sure yeah. you are all way more creative than you think you are. And I would be excited to see what some of you come up with, you know, just taking a game and then what's fun about this game and how could I use this in the classroom to teach content? Yeah. One last one I've thought about, this is basically the brain that Brianna and I live in is we just talk and then the other thinks of something. So sorry, bear with me is just taking a game and challenging your students to rewrite the rules. That could be a great start of the school year activity. So I had my eighth graders rewrite the rules to Jenga. So I told them they had to rewrite the rules. They had to uh, come up with, with the rules, the points. You could do that with any card game, Uno. And uh, that could be a great like communication activity as well. So can somebody after that play their game? So have them switch and then other teams have to play uh, the different games. So, I mean, just get creative. Simple things like that are so fun and can be great engagement activities to start a lesson. So um, I, I have a resource for that that I can, I can throw in our uh, Google Drive as well. Um, but I would say too that a lot of times our students are more creative than we give them credit for yeah. and they love having the opportunity to be in charge for that day or whatever. So mm -hmm. I think it, it'll be really fun to see what your students come up with with that as well. Yeah. And also another fun way to, um, have engagement during an FFA meeting, something simple, buy a bunch of cheap Uno decks and, you know, challenge the teams to create you know, a new Uno game and, or maybe you come, maybe you challenge them to combine two games. Maybe they have to figure out a way to combine Uno and Jenga together. Um, by the way, there's Jenga Monopoly. Trust me, you want to buy that. Just side note. Um, but maybe you challenge them to create this own unique game. And that could be even a fun egg sales activity where they make this game and then they have to try to sell it. Uh, utilize that snake oil game that Brianna said and uh, teach them how to 
you know, really appeal to customers' needs and wants and then have them create this game and they have to appeal to a certain uh, customer group. So really the possibilities are endless. We could literally sit here all night and just keep rattling things off because that's what we do. So there might be a gamification part two episode, but check out our resources. We're going to throw a bunch of stuff in there for you. And we just hope by listening, you came up with a cool idea. If you have a resource you want to share that's a gamification resource, we'd love to throw it in our drive uh, for listeners. So feel free to message us. Uh, But make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you have an idea of a great podcast episode or you want to be a guest, make sure to message us on Facebook and Instagram and introduce yourself. And we would love to get something set up. So thanks again for listening uh, and see you later.